This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul on a very auspicious Friday afternoon. To all of our radio family, thank you so much for joining us. I hope your Purim yesterday was outstanding and reached the levels, reached the height, reached the madrega that a person needs and is supposed to reach on Purim. Purim is no ordinary day, not just a day for just uh, sort of simcha and mishteh, just a day to party and uh, let loose in ways that sometimes one regrets or others around you uh, have cause to to uh, regret, but it's really a, a day of spirituality, a day of coming close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a day of really through through love, through simcha, through devotion and dedication of, of reaching the highest the highest possible possible levels. I hope you're reached that, and I hope today is not too bad of a hangover or whatever it might it might be, because it is Erev Shabbos Kodesh. It's an amazing preparation for another beautiful Shabbos, Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Tzav. Uh, this week, there's no special laning. We have a break between Pasha Zohar last week and Pasha's Pora. Uh, uh, next week, so it's a regular Pasha and regular Haftarah. Uh, I think we've spoken quite a lot about Purim, so let's perhaps uh, spend a few minutes maybe discussing something on the uh, on the Pasha. The Pasha says, in fact, in this week's Pasha, that in Takriv, Toida, if a person brings a Thanksgiving offering to Hashem, so together with the actual Korban, so he has to bring uh, a mincha offering, unleavened flour mixed with oil, uh, wafers that are anointed with oil, and uh, and scalded, scalded menachos, all them fine flour mixed mixed with uh, with oil. So we know that there are two kinds of korbanos. There's the oil, chatas, asham, and shlamim. Right, a let's say two. I'm sure I meant four. Four different types of korbanos: oil, chattas, asham, and and shlamim. A korban shlamim is never brought as as a kapora, as an atonement for an avera. Rather, it's always a a voluntary korban, a voluntary offering brought when a person is generally in a joyous and in, in, in a wonderful frame of mind and and kind of wishes to. Almost include Hakadosh Baruch Hu in his in his joy. The person bringing the carbon, so Allah uh, is that he gets most of of the of the meat. The coin receives just a small few few things as his kind of payment, and uh, the limbs, of course, are burnt on the on the on the mizbeach. So everyone, both the mizbeach and the car and the coin. And the owner all get a chelik of that, uh, of, of that offering. Now, a, a carbon taida is, is a, is one of the categories of a type of shlam. It's a little bit different than other shlam, however, because a normal shlamim can be eaten on the day it was shechted. Let's say it was shechted on a Thursday morning. So it normally can be shechted, it can be eaten all of Thursday. All of Thursday night and all of, all of Friday. A toid, however, 
can only be eaten for one day and the following night. So let's say, for example, if you would bring a carbon taida uh, in the afternoon, you'd only be able to eat it for the rest of that day and during the night until 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 uh, until nights until until sun on sunrise. That's one aspect. Another another aspect of the carbon taida is that it has to be brought together, as we said, with the lachme. The lachme toy, the loaves of bread, of which part of them are eaten by the person bringing the carbon, and part are eaten by the by the kainim. When someone brings a carbon shlamim, so he receives a quite a large part of of the meat. Why? But since it's too much, no no person can eat a whole animal. Uh, uh, so if one person couldn't possibly eat it in in the time span of two days and one night. So therefore, he will invite his friends and relatives to share with him, to be part of his suda. And when you bring a taida, so you have even less time to eat it. And therefore, he also, and, and, and he also has to finish, finish the, uh, the, the korban and the 40 loaves of lachme taida. So therefore, he certainly needed to invite many, many uh, uh, friends to help him eat it. And in this way, people are going to ask him, why are you bring the carbon taida? So he would then publicize the, the miracle that occurred to him, because we know Arba Chayim Hodes, the four people who need to bring a carbon taida, someone who was ill and recovered, someone who, uh, who traveled overseas, someone who traveled in the desert, and he led this. Uh, uh, those are the people that have to bring, have to bring the, the, uh, the carbon. Now, there's the, there's the, the, uh, the, the, there's a concept here that when the Rabbani Shalom does a chesed for a person, so it's very, very important for the person to, to publicize the chesed. In fact, the uh, Melech says, says in, uh, in, in, uh, in, in, in June that, uh, they, they, uh, slaughter carbonists, they slaughter sacrifices, and thanksgiving, and they shall tell of all the, of all the, uh, nisim neflois that Hashem, that Hashem has, has done. So, so, uh, uh, right? And, and, and another person says you have to shout out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and, and, and thank him. So one needs to proclaim the nace that occurred to him in a, in a loud voice and, and, and proclaim, says, to you, to you I'm going to slaughter a thanksgiving sacrifice, and I call out in the name of, of Hashem. When we publicize the chasadim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does to us, so we bring those around us to share in our simcha, and we give them Joy and happiness also. And in fact, all the bracha that we get, the, 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 the gazunt, the health, and the, and the, and the bracha that we get, this is shared. Why? Because by telling them our sort of, our story, so people come to recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Hashkacha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's guiding hand, and they will love HaKadosh Baruch Hu more and cling to Him as, as in fact the one who is the true source. Of all, of all, uh, of all bracha. And we, we like to think that we have to thank Hashem 
and and praise Him for all the good things that He sends our way. And we don't always necessarily recognize that we also have to thank Hashem for all the challenges and all the difficulties that we undergo. This also we see from the Pasuk that says, uh, 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 this is the, this is the, the laws, uh, pertaining to a Shlomim sacrifice. If he brings an Euler to Hashem, and the Medrash says, this is based on, uh, on a Pasuk in Tehillim, that he says, someone who sacrifices a chatas, a, a, a korban that's meant to be a, a confession. So that, uh, that honors me. It doesn't say, it says Medrash, Yechabdeni, rather it says Yechabdenuni. The extra dalit indicates that he gives a double honor to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The, the, uh, the, ktsai, the, the, the Ksav Seifer. So, uh, brings down in, in, uh, in, in this week's Pasha, says that usually people only thank Hashem for the miracle that happened to them and the, when they were saved from a difficult situation. Right? However, the truth is they should offer, offer thanks to Hashem not only for being saved from the difficulty, not only from being saved from the, from the challenge, but also for the difficulty itself. Everything Hashem does is for the good. And therefore, if it is, the challenge itself was certainly for the person's uh, uh, benefit. Now, either it was sent as a wake-up call, kind of to uh, to awaken us to do tshuva from, from the Averis, or it was, uh, it was sent as a way of initiating or uh, beginning a process that was something that was for their for their benefits. Chazal therefore tell us right, just like we're required to thank Hashem for the good, so we have to thank for the the bad the bad also. Says Ksav Sefer, this is the reason that the Pasik says that one who brings a taira uh, a taida it's a double sense of honor. You're honoring Hashem twice. This indicates that one has to give honor to Hashem and thank Him for two things, both for the good, for the salvation, and for the challenge, for the so-called bad that led to the good. And when one brings such a, a korban taida, he's thanking Hashem for both for both things. So this also explains uh, uh, when the Pasuk uh, carries on, says, uh, says, I'll show you the, the salvation of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When, when kind of one acts in such a manner that he's able to thank Hashem for, for both, for both the good and for the bad, so then HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, opens one's eyes and allows him to see how the bad led to, to the good. He will see that there's no such thing, in fact, as bad, and everything that happened was, in fact, really, really good. He will see how Hakadosh Baruch Hu, uh, uh, which uh, which is, is the name of Hashem, that uh, indicates the attribute of of Din, was actually 
that the salvation, the din that happened, the, the circumstance that Akash Baruch put you in, was in fact part of the of the Hatzalah, of the Hatzalah it, uh, it, itself. And the Medrash carries on that in the future, Mosa Mashiach, all other Korbanas are going to stop because they're all brought as a Kapora, as an atonement for for Averis, and therefore people will not do Averis in, in, in the future, and therefore those Korbanas will become redundant. But it is certain that uh, things like Shlomim, things brought by the public, such as Shlomim and uh, and the Tamid and uh, and the Musaf also will also will not will not uh, will not see will uh, will never cease. So the question is, why is it necessary to bring a korban toida in the future? In other words, after the time of of Mashiach, what sorrows are there going to be? A toida is brought, and one went through a, a difficulty, and and, and Baruch Hashem emerges unscathed. In the future, we're not going to have challenges or worries, and hope we'll live a life of uh, of ease. And the pasuk in Shaya in the Shaya says that uh, all the all the uh, all the other troubles will be will be uh, will be forgotten. Right? That we'll be able to exalt with our Kaddish Baruch all all the time. So, okay, we're going to stop now for for a break. I'll bring you the answer in in a minute. This is one one point nine High FM Soul to Soul on the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. See you not. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM, we're back on your radio here on Arab Shabbos Kodesh Pasha's Tab. At this point, as we usually do, the important times for this coming Shabbos, uh, candles, uh, candle lighting this evening cannot be later than 5.59, one minute before 6 is the latest time for lighting candles. You can do it earlier if you want. And on the contrary, let's, uh, let's try to get into a pattern, let's try to get into a, into a, a good habit of, of doing it even before the last moment. And Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow evening at 6.47. 6.47, as I said, it's not a, no special maftir this week, but of course, it's always a special Shabbos. Every Shabbos is a, is a special Shabbos. So before the break, we ask the question, why does the Medrash say that after the time of Mashiach, we'll still be bringing a carbon, a carbon toida? Surely we're not going to have the whole purpose of a carbon toide is to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for emancipating us, for delivering us, for saving us from whatever difficulty or challenge or, or, or tough spot we find ourselves, I find ourselves in. And, and certainly we say after Tam Mashiach, we're not going to have those kind of situations. In fact, Yeshaya talks about how we're not going to be, there are going to be no dangers, not even wild animals, all the so-called wild and dangerous and ferocious animals will, will be living together with domesticated animals and life will, uh, life will be, will be good. So where, where, why would you need a carbon toida? So, so the parish on the, on, on, on the tefillah, you know, we always become immortalized now, uh, Hashem Melech, Hashem Malach, Hashem Yimlech, Elam Hashem, uh, uh, rules, Hashem uh, will rule, Hashem rules, Hashem ruled, and Hashem will rule for, forever. And, and, and this seems like a, a, a very difficult, a very difficult phrase because Surely, it should be in in a particular order. Either I should say Hashem ruled first, and then present, and then and then future, all the other way around. Why does it start with the future, and then the past, 
and 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 then the sorry, why does it start with the present, and then the future, and then the uh, and then the and then the past? So the Mephoshim say that Kadosh Baruch comes to Yaakov Avinu and says, "Altiro Mer don't be afraid of going down to." To, uh, Mitzrayim, I'll make you into a great nation. And don't worry, the Yosef, Yoshis, Yodaranecha. And Yosef is going to place his hand over, over, uh, over your eyes. As Hashem told Yaakov, that even if it seems at first, that going down to Mitzrayim is a very, very hard and harsh decree, in the end it's going to be revealed that it was all for the good. It's kind of similar to the story of the, of the selling of Yosef. Where certainly when they sold him, it seemed in the beginning as if Yosef was being punished harshly. When his own son, and when Yaakov was being punished, when his son was thrown into a pit and sold to the Ishmaelim. And of course, in the end, it was revealed that Hashem sent him to become the ruler of all of, all of, uh, Amitzayim. She says, that's, that's Taich. Says, Yosef will place his hand over, over your eyes. Now, when we cover our eyes, we say, we cover our eyes when we say the first pasuk of Krishna. Why? It, it's to symbolize that we believe with absolute certainty that even amongst the seemingly harshest decrees, right, there is tremendous rachm, there's tremendous heavenly, heavenly mercy, even though we can't always, we can't always see it. That's, in fact, the, the Zayar, the Zayar says that this is, in fact, the, the secret of of a Krishna. The story of Yosef descending to Mitzrayim is the secret of Krishna. Even though we don't know what's going on and we think something is is bad, ultimately it's it's completely it's completely good. In fact the the, the Dubna Magid in uh, in Oil Yaakov quotes the Posak in Yeshaya and says Uftuya Hashem Yeshuvan the redeemed of Tzion will return Uvoyu Tzion Brina and I'll come to Tzion with uh, with song, with the joy of of simchas oylam aroisham and this, the joy of of forever on their on their on their on their hearts. Sosim v'simcha yasigu they'll achieve all kinds of gladness and joy. V'nasu yogim anach and any kind of sadness and sighing shall shall uh, shall go away. So Dibna Magan asks, what's the meaning of the word flee? So what would that 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 the, uh, the the uh, harsh things are going to run away. Are going to flee. What, 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 is it, what does he mean? See, he says that uh, it brings another pasuk that says that uh, um, when Balak uh, is summoned by Bilam, I forget when Bilam was summoned by Balak to curse the Jews. So it says there that Balak says to Bilam, "Mel Sicily." After the third time that Bilam, in fact, blessed the Jews. So Balak says, well, I've called, I've, uh, I called you, I summoned you to curse my enemies. Behold, you have in fact continually blessed them three, three times. Now flee, go run away to your place. He explains that, uh, if a doctor sees a patient, and uh, knows that there's a uh, no cure for for his his sickness, so he's going to send him home and you know, to live out 
whatever left life he has left in 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 comfort in in surrounded by his uh, family and 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 have peace but if uh, the doctor doesn't even have uh, any clue as to as to in fact what the illness is is about so of course he has to do all kinds of investigations and try all kinds of medication and and cures hoping to find the right the right one uh, if the doctor saw that patient after every single attempt he had made every medicine every therapy he had tried them all and they all failed so then uh, uh, that doctor after he's done his so much and he couldn't find anything couldn't determine anything he would have to says the night he would have to run away in shame he hasn't done his job he says in fact that's what Bullock is saying and to Bilam, and and then this then comes back to the to the pasuk in in uh, in Yeshaya. Michael explains that today we are so full of sighing and of pain because of our many many much suffering that we that we have. However, in the future, we will all see how these sufferings were in fact to our own schus, to our own benefits, and then we're going to understand. Immediately, that there was in fact no need for all our sighing, all our worrying, all our, all our complaining. And kind of the mafreya retroactively will, will rejoice for the suffering that we endured. So thus, even our, our sighing shall kind of retroactively flee. It's going to run away from us. And that's what the Pasuk is, is saying. I'm going to turn their mourning into into joy v'nichamtim, and I will, I will comfort them, and 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 they will rejoice because of their of their sorrows. In 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 the future, we're going to realize how the sorrow was for our own benefit, and we will rejoice that we even had that we even had that 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 sorrow. We're going to go to the shops for a moment, and then we'll come back with a at least a brief segment on the hilchas of Truman. This is one one point nine Chai FM. Don't run away. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for joining us today on, on our show. At least just a, a brief segment of, uh, of Halacha, which, uh, uh, we, uh, we do every, every week. We're talking about the, the Tchum Shabbos, the limit that, uh, Chazal have placed on a person's movement, on a person's mobility, uh, during the Shabbos that he's not allowed to travel more than 2,000 Amas out of his uh, prescribed designated area during during uh, during during the Shabbos, and the reality is that obviously the 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 Tchum Shabbos the the limit that a person is allowed to travel on on Shabbos is in fact a very individualistic concept that it, that is uh, that is different for every single person depending on where he is when when Shabbos starts. For instance, if uh, you could have a situation where if you had two people li- uh, living together in a in a field, but uh, two people living in a field and their homes are exactly a thousand amas away away from each other. So therefore, each one has his own his own tochum uh, Shabbos, right? There is obviously a an overlap. The area between the two homes would be the would be an area that is shared 
by uh, by by both of them, right? So part of it, part of it, if 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 I live in house number house number one, so the area from house number one to house number two is is a shared amount, but uh, I would only be able to travel one thousand amos past house number two. And person has number two, the opposite. It's not necessarily, it's a very, very individual thing, depending on where you are. That's where your tchum begins and, uh, and, uh, and ends on, on Shabbos. The concept of tchum applies not only to the person himself, to his body, but also to your animal and to any of your possessions, anything that belongs to you. Whether uh, a Jew or or uh, or non-Jew, the laws of tchum apply to all of your possessions. No one can move uh, any of your possessions to a place where you yourself would not be allowed to go on uh, on Shabbos. So let's say if a person went, uh, a person took his I don't know his talus uh, till the edge. Of his tchum. He walked his full 2,000 amas with the tchum. And now, uh, his friend meets him there. His friend has a tchum Shabbos that can travel much further than, than him, let's say in the other direction. So, and he wants to take the, the talis. It would be forbidden for that other person to walk with the talis beyond the 2,000 amas limit of the person who owns, person who owns that, uh, that, uh, that, that talus. Uh, the, the, uh, you can carry in, in any, in any, um, area that would be a joint tchum, in other words, where both people could carry in it, then you can move the talus around with will. But to go to any point that is beyond the, the, the deadline or the, the, the end of the tchum of the owner of the talus, would be forbidden uh, to move that object at all uh, at that uh, at that place, um, and and even let's say there are two people that jointly own the talus, they had a partnership in this in this particular talus. Still, uh, uh, it only could travel. The talus could only travel in an area that would be the tchum for either of those two people, but not for, not for anybody else. It's completely limited by, by, uh, by the area that the owner of that object could, uh, could in fact, could in fact travel, travel it. Um, if someone lives in the city, let's say there are two people, one who lives in, in the city and one who lives, lives outside the city or Outside of town, whatever it, whatever it might, might be, whether it's a city where there were just Jews living there, or even if there were, if there were non-Jews. So, the, the whole area that is continually, uh, 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 resided in, in the whole area that's built up and developed as part of that, of that town, so that's all considered to be like like one place, and the two thousand amos are measured only from the very very edge of that uh, of that uh, place. If as one gets towards the 
edge of the town. There's a little bit of space between between the houses. So then as follows. If any house that is surrounded by a fence or a wall or has around it uh, uh, an Eruv, has a, uh, a uh, an Eruv uh, uh, around it, so then that surrounded area, even even if we're using uh, even if we're using a, a virtual a virtual fence, uh, then uh, one is one, one is limited by that. That's all considered to be like one place, and we and we measure the, the two thousand amos from beyond the edge of that area of of that area of, uh, of that area of area. Okay, Bezim, we're going to carry on with this discussion uh, next week. I want to just uh, thank you all for for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure, as always, being being in in your company. I say it's uh, it is Shushampur, and still, if you haven't had a chance, Halacha says one should have a little bit of a special meal, even on on Shushampur, and still a little bit of time before for Shabbos to uh, you know. Uh, imbibe maybe from some of the Shlachmanis, uh, goodies you have and just enjoy the Shabbos. Let it be kind of a bit of a, bit of a chill, but spend time with family, spend time in shul, do some learning, do some growing and, and, uh, just take the opportunity to wish each and every one of you a beautiful Shabbos Shel Menucha, Shabbos Shel Brocha, Shabbos Shel and mostly and most importantly, a good Shabbos to one and to all.